Hello and welcome to my podcast, The Power of Audio, Science and AI, supported by Stockholm Music City. I am Jasmine Moradi, your host, and in each episode, I'll take you backstage to meet with some of the top audio, science and AI personalities in the world. I will interview entrepreneurs, author, business experts and thought leaders to learn how and why they're so passionate and determined about what they do. I will give you the knowledge and the insight your business needs to succeed with your audio branding. My guest today is my new friend, Dr. Johannes Coloma Flecker. We were introduced to each other through our common friend, Kevin Perlmutter. Johannes is a leading voice in music thinking for personal and professional growth. An award-winning musician, music researcher, and an executive coach, member of the prestige community of Marshall Goldsmith 100 Coaches. He holds a doctoral degree in business and graduated from Berklee College of Music in music production and songwriting. For his work, he has received awards from the American Marketing Association, the Austrian Academy of Science, and the Austrian Ministry of Science and Education. He's the author of the book, The Influence of Music and Brand Personality, and the co-author of the books and articles about effective management. Born and raised in Austria, Johannes has lived and worked in Switzerland, India, and Spain. He's married and he lives and works in New York City. Today, he's the founder of Sound Leadership, helping leaders and teams grow with a creative mindset. He creates music for leaders and their teams to help them strengthen and develop their cultural levels of engagement and team communication. In this episode, Johannes and I are gonna discuss the ins and outs of the influence of music on brand personality, and effective management through music. With that, Johannes, I welcome you and thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jasmine. Such a pleasure being here today. You're welcome. How is New York? New York is doing better. We're happy and healthy here and we're dedicated to get through this together. So tell me, how are you feeling during these days? And please express your emotions with a piece of music or a song title. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I like that the time of the year in New York, um, the fall and um, November is, is a beautiful, a beautiful month here when, when the falls are leaving. And like a song or music that would reflect that is is a like an eternal favorite uh, of mine it's it's the autumn leaves um that beautiful song that brings back a lot of memories from a time at berkeley and each each fall i need to sing this uh somehow when i'm walking on the street so that's, that's one of my favorite songs can you sing it a little bit for us so we get a little bit the feeling um sure sure um not since, the full song uh, but you can give us some intro of course yeah yeah um The falling leaves drift by the window. The autumn leaves of red and gold. I see your lips 
The summer kisses, the sunburned hands I used to hold. Yeah, that is for me like a expression of autumn vibe and sentimental longing a little bit. So beautiful. And thank you for sharing that emotion with us and making us feel that amazing autumn feeling. So I know that you grew up in a family of classical musicians in Austria. And at a young age, you started to play the piano, violin, and you sang at, in your father's choir. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to know, what is your earliest memory of music as a child? And how has music formed you to the person you are today? My, my earliest memory is actually sitting on my mom's lap in the, in the our living room at the piano. And she taught me uh, a piece, which was the, the opening theme of a children's uh, show. Uh, it's called Meister Petz, uh, like a, a bear and, and, and the family. And the, the, the theme was actually by Bach, but I didn't know that. I just, the, the music was so beautiful. It was like. And this was the first piece I learned, my mom, when I was sitting on, on, on her lap. And the first singing, singing and playing violin was at my uncle's wedding. When my brother, when our whole family, we needed to do them the music for, for the wedding of my uncle. And, and I was six years old and I started learning violin. And my brother wrote me a little solo, a Hello Dolly solo. So I was there six years old and playing this. And I was just playing it. And after that, I remember everyone was applauding so much. And I thought, why are they applauding? I was just <laughs> playing that. This is one of my earliest memories. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. And how has music formed you then to the person you are today? Well, it's just part of my life. And like every day there is some music, either I'm singing or I'm playing or I'm listening to something new or I'm composing. I could not imagine life without music. And it was just such, it's just an essential part of everything for every celebration we, I sing for, for, for someone, no matter how small or big, like music is just so essential that, I, that it's really one of the most or the most impar important part of my life in, in everything. And this is, is really because I grew up with that 24 seven and someone was always practicing or playing or singing. So, yeah. You were surrounded about, around it. Yeah, well, I, I would say I, I don't come from a musical family, but uh, I always wished that I could play an instrument. And I tried as a child. I tried <laughs> the flute and then I tried the piano. And I soon realized that, no, sorry, Jasmine, you really don't have the talent. And today I do say that sometimes I would have a joke, of course, that I would like cut off my, my, my left hand to be able to sing like Celine Dion. It must be like a power of feeling to stand in front of that many people to express, uh, to express yourself. And uh, you, on the other hand, I would say you're born with the soul of a singer. So when did you write your first song and what is normally the inspirational behind your songs? Um, the, the first song, it was quite late. Um, in, I, didn't, I didn't grow up writing songs, actually. The first one was around six or seven, six or seven years ago. The first song I, I dared to upload on YouTube was called The Spirit of Life. And it was quite a very inspirational, anthemic, Broadway vibe song. And I was very proud and very 
timid of that song at the same time. And when I listened back to it, I thought, I think it, it was really about the beauty and, and, and living life and, and, you know, making the best of life. Um, and so the, that's, that's actually one of the ongoing uh, like backgrounds when I write a song. I want it either to be uplifting, even if, if we are feeling like heavy and sad, but I want it to have an uplifting turn on it. I'm not so much depressing songwriter. Sentimental, yes, but inspirational. So in, either inspirational or fun. So something that, that moves us. Or what really brought me also to the, was a, was a motivation for me to write songs is to touch people's hearts. Mm. That it needs to touch us somehow. And there are so many ways how we can do this, but that's what I want to achieve. And talking about touching emotions, uh, I mean, music is an essence uh, of life. Uh, and music is also a way for us to express our feelings. It is what sound, you know, feeling sounds like. Mm -hmm. uh, so through your lens, what is music? And why does it have such a magical, powerful effect on us? Mm. Uh, such a great and big question. <laughs> I mean, there is a saying that mu music is the universal language. And I feel it, it, it is true because we don't need, I don't need to understand necessarily every single word. If, a, if music is written in a different language and someone sings it, I still understand the feeling and I can, can connect immediately to it. I think this universal language also has that, that feeling to it that music allows us to connect directly. Mm. We don't need to translate it. We don't need to wait for us. I immediately feel it. And this is something so powerful that few other, I think, mediums have. Um, for, 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 um, very often we need to like educate ourselves to understand a concept or something. But if a piece of music is beautiful, it touches us and it hits us immediately and and this is just very very powerful and beautiful and i mean probably so many of 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 maybe you maybe so many of your listeners we have important pieces of music for important like um uh, um days moments of our lives that that we connect with uh, when when we were very sad when we broke up with someone when we fell in love when we were married when we got married when we were at a funeral of someone we loved there are some pieces of music that trigger these these emotions that that we that we that we had in specific parts of, of our life yeah it, it it is because as you're explaining it that during our lives what's happening we are listening to different kind of sound and audio around mm -hmm. us and some some way similar as smell that it's it, 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 it becomes like it, it, it's in a bowl or, or a crystal, whatever you want to call it. And then mm -hmm. whenever we listen to it again, it evokes that memory. And that's the power, power that music has, that it really goes deep in our emotions and, and mm -hmm. memories and re-evoking mm -hmm. it. Um, so now looking at your background and um, before you end up where you are today, helping leaders and teams grow uh, with a creative mindset through music, you were actually a management consultant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> However, you decided to leave because you felt that there was not much emotions in branding. Instead, you went back to your roots where you studied music production and songwriting at Berklee College of Music. So tell us about your journey and your discoveries to brought you from management consultant 
to where you are today. Mm -hmm. So I, I really liked my job as a management consultant. I was, it was more in, in the field of education and leadership development. So it was really, really a nice, a nice job. Um, I remember though, there was one weekend when I went to a songwriting weekend workshop program in Valencia, Spain. And this was such a, you know, different. I, I came from a client on Friday, was somewhere, somewhere in Germany, like leadership development. Then I took a plane to Valencia and it was such a different world. All of a sudden I was surrounded by creativity, by amazing people and teachers and vocalists and songwriters and people from all paths of life. And on Monday I went back to work to a client and I walked through the, through the hallway and thought, yes, it's great, but I'm not sure if I want to do this all the time. So this is why I thought um, I want to, I want to, I want to do this, express this more myself and really be more surrounded by music. And this led me to the path of leaving this daytime job. I mean, I still did a lot of leadership consulting. I mean, uh, besides that, but moving to the United States and immersing myself with music and become the best musicians, musician that I can be and the best writer that I can be. It was not so much that I didn't like it. It was more like my soul knew I want to do more crea creative work and then somehow combine it with, with my background, which I'm aiming to do now, like in my everyday work. Wow, I, I get I get so like I don't know how to say little, little bit mini mini goosebumps because <laughs> it's so <laughs> fascinating to get to know you, Hannes. Because knowing you this very short time, I figure out that we do have a lot of things similar. I mean, uh, we both are super passionate about music. The way you talk about it, it actually I, I just want to nod and say yes, yes. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. And we both work with music mm -hmm. and we both actually wrote our thesis highlighting the power of music in branding yes and in your phd uh, thesis the influence of music on brand personalities you examine the effects of congruence and incongruence between various music factors and a different dimension uh, uh, of brand personalities so please walk us through the link between music and brand personalities and your thesis methodology and your findings and please the advice that we can give to brand leaders. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, so like it all starts in, in, in my thesis with the concept of brand personality, a concept, a set of human characteristics that we associate with brands. For example, there are brands that feel more down to earth, like people can be down to earth. There are brands that feel more exciting, like people can have more exciting personality dimension. So that's a very, very well-established concept. My idea and my, my uh, research question was, how does music fit into this? If we link music to specific parts of brand personality, would this fit help us perceive the brands better than we would do without the music? So for me, it was really a question, okay, we have... Uh, brand personality that are sincere, exciting, down-to-earth, honest, and so on and so forth. Which music fits into these personality dimensions? How can this be measured? Um, and what happens if we link exciting music with exciting brand personality? Honest music with honest brand personality. How to do this? And what are the effects of this? So this is where it came uh, from. And I very quickly realized that there is almost 
there was almost no research in this field. There were a couple of studies, more like music and advertising at the point of sale, but nothing about how does music relate to brand personality and, and, and human personality at all in, in the field of marketing. So I created a, a methodology to link various factors of music, some of the essential elements that music have with tonality, with, uh, with pitch, with tempo, um, and link this to brand personality dimensions. And so then I created, created an, 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 a methodology and an overview to say, okay, this music resembles down-to-earth personality. Now let's play this music with a specific brand that stands for this person uh, dimension. What happens? And the, the effects and the results were, yes, the more music and brand personality are linked, the higher we perceive a brand as standing for this dimension. So if you have a, a brand that, is, that you want to position as exciting and you play music that is exciting, the brand personality is actually perceived more in this dimension. So this is a very quite obvious result, but there are some, you know, how does a down-to-earth brand sound? So this is less obvious. So, but it also shows if you link music that fits this type to a brand that fits this type, the perception is higher. On the other hand, the results were if we have, let's say, down-to-earth brand personality, but music that does not fit this type at all, then the brand personality is not perceived as much lower than it would without music. So music has really an increasing and an and, and elevating, puts an elevating element to brands. And this was my, was my, my study for with a lot of experiments, a lot of testing, uh, a lot of music psychology research where, by the way, a lot of the great music psychologists, I know you're from Sweden, they are from Sweden. So I took a lot of input uh, in my research from Swedish researchers. Yeah, it's very interesting uh, the way we explain it because because it's very much similar to, to to my thesis. And one thing that I say is that music does in the way that you're describing it is that uh, it's a little bit like I've also uh, done a lot of events. It's like you have all these elements in an event in a room, right? Mm-hmm. The food, the clothes, uh, the decoration, uh, the, the 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 room. Is not until you put the music on that all these elements really start mm-hmm. dancing or come alive. Mm-hmm. So it's, for me, when you explain it, it's a little bit the same. Then that you have this brand personality, the vi- the visual uh, storyline of it is mm-hmm. when you add the audio storyline that has the same kind of brand personality effect that mm-hmm. when they start dancing together and that's why yes. we as humans we we love audiovisual that mm-hmm. that's when the the magic happens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and and one of the the, the benefits of, of of researching this field is to give marketers and leaders tools in their hand. Mm. How can they do this? What do they need to look for in music? Otherwise, there's a little bit of my, my own critique that I have when it comes to marketing. Often it seems a little random mm. and it seems like music, okay, this is a nice background music, let's use it. But does it actually do anything for your brand or do, is it just your own gut feeling because you just like this band or this singer or this style of music? Why do you choose that specific music? What is the the scientific background on this. And this is lacking, I feel. And this is not in our vocabulary and no one learns this. On, in, in. So if, if we get a little bit better, you know, data to support this, 
that's useful. So it's not just intuition and, 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 and feeling. So b based on your findings, I also read in your thesis, uh, there was a sentence that I really liked, and that was music acts as an amp amplifier for spoken language. Mm -hmm. Explain to us a little bit what that means and how can we uh, teach the brand leaders how to use this in their audio branding today? Mm -hmm. So as an amplifier for, for, for words, I mean, it's quite, it's quite simple. You can have text like the falling leaves drift by the window, the autumn leaves of red and gold. I see your lips, the summer kisses, and then uh, the sunburned hands I used to hold. <laughs> so these are beautiful lyrics. But mm -hmm. if we put it to music that supports this, the falling leaves drift by the window, the, the, the rhythm that we put in it, the pitch that we put in it, the tempo that we put in it, the, the chord structure, if, if we have the, if just enhances the, the vibe of the words, if we have the falling leaves drift by the window, the falling leaves drift by the window. So depending on what we want to say, we can enhance this with minor, with major, with happy, with sad, with fast, with slow, with high pitch, with low pitch with the rhythm, with the rhyme, which makes things more memorable. I mean, this is also why, and it's kind of embarrassing to say, but when I watch TV and I, I watch the ads, I remember when they are sung and the most like not intelligent, I mean, they are intelligent, it's, it's very well crafted, but why, why would I sing like a phone number Five, 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 da, 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 something while I'm cooking because it works because it makes it memorable and songs and music makes words more memorable mm. as well and it lifts them up it lifts them up as well yeah uh, and what would you say is like what is the challenge in the industry that makes it like challenging to find that you know brand fit or find that fit uh mm -hmm. would you say the lack, how to measure it, mm. and how to how to value how to value it. I think we don't have really have a lot of tools. So music is very often seen. Music and, and sound is seen as nice to have, mm. but not as an essential. We all know graphic logos. I mean, makes or breaks our perception. I just recently saw Kia has a new logo from a kind of you know 90s vibe circle and Kia in the middle to a very sharp cool sounding cool looking sounding looking uh logo that stands for 2020 and the future for sound it's not that well established but now we're looking for we spend time on our screens all the time we can listen to the sounds all the time because we're at home in our home office we interact with our with our phones with our iMacs with the laptops all the time so we have access to sound 24 7. So there's so much potential as well to use, to use the power of sound and of voice as well. I mean, Siri and Alexa and Google, I mean, these, they interact with us through voice. So there's so much potential to use this and to um, differentiate your brand through, through, a, through a sound. It just stands for your own brand and you shape your brand and you shape your culture through that as well. But this, to come back to a question, why is it not, uh, more used, I think we lack the 
maybe also education and the apprehension that music really has a massive effect on how we feel about our surroundings and our, on the brands we connect with. And, and if I would tell you like, okay, so imagine all possibilities in the world, how would this measurement tool look like that a brand leader could use to be mm -hmm. able to, 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 to do these uh, measurements and, and figure out, okay, so what piece of sound or music fits with the campaign uh, that I wanna do? Mm -hmm. I think it's really like, like you want, we want to measure depending on where we are and, 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 and how we use music, the uh, impact on emotional response on cognitive response and on our action like on really on the cash that someone pays in a wine store <laughs> and, and it, exactly exactly um so do we feel better about a brand as a consumer if i listen to that do i have a higher recall recognition of brands with a specific audio um with the audio logo hmm. so how do i think of a brand is it does it cognitively affect me if if i if i listen to the intro of of like e-learning for a specific company does it make, make me feel good? Does it enhance my um, appreciation of this brand? And also, if I'm more on the point of sale, e-commerce or an actual like brick and mortar store, will I spend more? Will I spend more time there? Will I spend less time there? That's the reason why McDonald's and some fast food chains to play fast music, because then we think more time has spent in the time. When I spend slow music, I slow down, like an expensive French restaurant, I slow down, I spend more time, I buy more expensive wine, for example. But if I spend, play fast music, like pop music, I'm just going to eat my burger and I think, oh, so much time has passed already and I leave quicker, what some brands might want to do. So depending really on, on what do I want as a brand, what is the, the right measure, the right, um, uh, the right uh, indicator for me? Yeah, I always say, what is the outcome? How do you want? How do you want the people to feel, react? What is you mm -hmm. know call of action? Uh, mm -hmm. So now you mentioned some of the brands. Are there are there other like uh, brands that you would say that really successfully work with music stimuli in their branding? It could be in stores, but it could also be. I, I know advertising are really great at that. And what kind of learnings can we take from them? I think one company that comes to mind is Apple. And I only need to think two days ago, we got a new iMac. Um, and when we started it, I was already expected that sound when you start an iMac. That sound, it gives you a good feeling. You, you feel it works, you're safe, it will be easier, there will be a nice interface and it, it will work nicely. And Apple has really this, they did this wonderfully that there's, there's not even a jingle or music is just the sound design of the product is so good or if you get an, an iMessage you know immediately it gives you a good feeling oh something's happening um so and then with Siri hey Siri what is blah 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 and it gives you this soothing you know voice of competence and you just feel good when, you, when you're surrounded with with those Apple products so they're doing really a good a very good job um, other companies that I can think of is obviously McDonald's. Um, da -da -dun -dun. That's really, I mean, they did this for 10, 12 years or so, which is in, in some ways good because it's so iconic. I think they could do even more to also like enhance the, the you know, 
experience at the point of sale, like when, when you buy something either at a touch screen or like in, in store so that this also, there's not just the ads, but they, they also like could like enhance their audio branding um, like in, in store as well or in other channels. Other examples are- Sorry to interrupt you there, just to fill you in. It's very interesting what you say, because a lot of brands, if they're good at using the, the sound stimuli in their online campaigns or TV, they're mm -hmm. not as good as bring it at om omni-channel, like bring it at all way to yeah. actually to the stores where mm -hmm. the actual product is bought and experienced. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting that I talk about McDonald's because I, I worked with McDonald's and did a research with them. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting because they, there's so much they could do. I know a little bit that they do play some um, South American kind of uh, music during Tex-Mex um, period of time. Mm -hmm. And I, I will always say that it's very interesting that they could do more of that because mm -hmm. I, they do have sometimes, you know, uh, these... Uh, uh, toys for, for from a Disney movie so why don't they play more of those soundtrack of that in in the store so it makes people a little bit remember it and wanting it mm -hmm. because you play with the memory and when the memory is like uh-huh and then you see it and you go I want it yeah. so it's very interesting that you say and that could be a learning that what you have bring it in also into the mm -hmm. showrooms mm-hmm and that is really consistent. So whenever you're at this fast food restaurant or at this AT&T store, they do also an excellent job in, in branding, also like the, the, the indoor experience in, in, in store, um, that you like make your customer feel like good at each time they are in contact with, the, with your product. MasterCard is also a great example of they have really very holistic audio identity so each time you pay with mastercard you, you hear that sound so they they're really taking this very seriously and what, one learning may, maybe from this that i find very um essential that there's the possibility that you create your own sound and create your own sonic dna like the three nodes or that intel sound dun 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 and basically derive everything else from this dna because this is your brand and this is your sonic brand you shape your culture i think this is a far superior approach to branding than if you let's say just have the newest pop song in your ad the newest whoever great songs maroon 5 coldplay beyonce whatever and you use it because then you're just riding on the wave of someone else's culture but yeah. it's not your own culture you're kind of oh the bandwagon create your own sound sonic identity Maybe just with voice through, you know, uh, you know, in voice interfaces are a big deal. But how can you use it? Are you how do you shape your culture and what is your culture? Some questions to ask. V very good questions. And, and, and spinning on that, I also uh, read in your thesis something that you wrote. The effect of music on human psychic and physics can be attributed to its internal and external characteristics and that music mm -hmm. Uh, as a personality. Okay, so so what I want to know and us to discuss is one thing that I've heard whenever I mention about music and branding that everybody goes, yeah, but music is subjective. How are you going to find it, you know, make it objective? So let us discuss, you know, music being subjective versus being objective because it is somehow um, related. It depends. I mean, well-known song, 
is related to memory of where we were in which happening you know during experience in our lives we heard about it and that's what we reflect when we re-listen to it and then you and me can have a different feeling in, uh, of that song so mm -hmm. how can we work around that and and how do you work with brands to reach a common understanding of piece of music with this subjective objective um mm -hmm. how is it a little bit challenge but you know what sure <laughs> yeah sure so music ca can be both and most often it's it's like like a mix of two things but let's start with this objective music subjective experience or evaluation of music if i listen to let's say i'm from austria so let's say the blue daniel balls dun, 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 dun. when i listen to this i don't necessarily listen to the intervals and uh, and um, tonality and the tempo when i listen to this, i think of new year's eve and new year's day because in austria everyone dances to blue daniel balls and on new year's day there's the new year's concert by the vienna philharmonic which everyone watches so this for me is end of the year and new year's resolution if i hear this anywhere that's what comes to mind it comes to mind the coziness of family so and we all have this we all experience when we listen let's say to accordion if you write whatever piece if you played with accordion it sounds french or italian or if I write whatever piece uh whatever very simple but if i played with a harpsichord then i feel like i'm in a bach era in 1800 somewhere in france or germany so these are the the our our images that we have in our mind because of our cultural upbringing and these, some of them are universal, some of them are, you know, country specific. So this will always be an important part of if we choose music, when we choose music, what is the cultural um, background of this music? What do we associate with people? So we need to like really ask also people, how do, does it make them feel? The other element is what is really, again, the objective, the objective um, elements of music. And there are some, like the, what you mentioned before, tempo. The, the speed, the tonality, major, minor, in the middle, is it sentimental? The pitch, uh, the genre, the orchestration and, and arranging, is it like a harsh like drum sound? Is it a soft sound? Is it a mellow sound with a brass instrument? These are all objective factors that um, are the, the intrinsic characteristics of music itself. So which are not always that loaded by by cultural, um, by cultural, um, you know, knowledge that we have. So, and we want to use the the best of both. If I if I know I want an exciting, um, I, ne I need some excitement in my in the music, then probably I want to have it fast, not with harpsichord maybe. Already gives us different than if it's slow. Maybe some anxiety, you know. Um, and if I wanted, if I wanted a little bit scary, then I could do this, like weird, weird intervals, or I make it easy, forward-looking. Just a few examples of these are intrinsic characteristics of music where 
on the keyboard is it? How do we combine those notes that have just effects? And we need both. We need both. Yeah. Because we, yeah. And, and music is, is a language. And when it comes to the objective, I, I really try to uh, point out that it can be uh, objective. And, and by that, I mean, like, look at the, the film industry. Uh, I always say, for example, that um, in, in a love story in a movie, in somehow, you know that the couple are going to kiss or make up because the music coming before the images, right, mm -hmm. tells you that story. And then, mm -hmm. of course, majority understand a love song or that, that happiness. There's something in that song that, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, he got her, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and that is like, that it can be objective using, using music like that. What, what yeah. is your take on, on, on music in films? and, and uh, being subjective and objective? Well, with, with, with music with music and films, it's always really the, the composer needs to know what is really the story about and what is the emotion the director wants to convey. So the music is really second violin in this, in this element. It's not, it's not about just the music being beautiful all the time, but how can we support it? And I mean, you, you, there, there are also these, like this YouTube videos of like whatever, The Shining, and then someone made a trailer with happy music. And all of a sudden it's ridiculous. It's so funny. It changes everything. So to really understand and make, make a beautiful audiovisual product in a film, in an ad, you need to understand first what is the story. So it's really programmatic. And then you have them add music to it that does not distract. Sometimes you don't even hear the music because, I mean, you don't even notice the music because it's so good that you actually forget there is music. You don't want to distract from, from the content that you have. And this is some, I say this with, you know, some self-pity as a composer, because as a composer, you want the music to shine. But no, you need to support that storyline. And everything, the storyline is, is, is the king, is the key. And the music, how can you make it non-intrusive, supporting what you have to say? And for that, you also need to have clarity. As a director, as a as a producer, as a as a marketer, what is actually the the message you want to bring, and then let the composer do their work to to support this. Wow, beautiful! That that is, I would say, a strong learning that the brands should really really take in. Well, well said in that. And and going back to songwriting and you being a musician, you mentioned in one of your, your talks, music thinking that. As artists and as songwriters, you musicians have the great power in connecting with your audience, with the songs you write and the songs you sing. So I'm interested mm -hmm. to learn about this power that you're talking about. Um, I, I like to bring that example. <laughs> it's not, it's, I like to bring that example that if you stand somewhere on a stage at a talk and you look at someone in the audience and tell them, I love you that probably doesn't really resonate well. As a singer, as a musician, we have the power, the ability to elevate what we say by creating music with it. If I, as a singer, if a singer stands on stage and sings, I love you and says this to the same person, the effect will be probably a very different and a very positive effect. So 
with lyrics put to music, with music being presented to someone, we have the, the ability to make things less harsh, to actually raise the acceptance of what has been said, and actually to also like invite a thought process of this. This is why I love the, the, the power of songwriting so much, because it allows us to tell sometimes harsh and ugly truth and a negative negative happenings in life but it allows us to package it in a way that it is not hurtful and that i can still express what i what i want to say but in a way that that is not really harsh or harmful or like breaks you know breaks relationships for example i was working with a with a group of of new hi hires in a consulting firm in their in their onboarding week and what we did is was musical storytelling about their experience of their first week. And they had some, and this was this was in a culture that was very like a big gap in, in hierarchy. So you wouldn't just talk to the HR person and you know, just talk what's in your mind. This wasn't possible. So they wrote songs about the first week. And this was quite quite some very critical songs, actually. There was a lack of clarity what, what they're supposed to do, that there was uncertainty. And also that they haven't been paid so far. And they were all wondering, when are we going to get paid? And no one dared to ask. But we wrote in, in, in a half day, we wrote about the stories and also other things. But they all even expressed all these elements in their songs. And HR was in the audience and listened to that. And I thought, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and it was not harsh. And everyone felt also more empowered to express this. And, and how did you come up with this idea and this process? to do this for these teams and brands? Sure. So, I mean, circling back to management consulting, really I'm grateful for that time because I realized so often working with teams and building team cohesion and, and, and better team communication and developing of leaders is very analytical, very analytic. And, and the big aspect of like connecting to our teams in a deeper way is, is lacking. So, when I wrote songs and when I went to Berkeley, I thought, wait a minute, there is a songwriting, writing, uh, songs are such a powerful tool to express our feelings and our stories. What, is, what would be a way to connect both? So I, I, went, I was accepted to a startup lab and a startup incubator program by MIT and Berkeley College of Music. And this is when I started playing around with how to combine this, how to make modules of this to help non-musicians, express their stories in most of most of the time songs it's, and it's very interesting because a lot of artists say that uh they can't express their feelings in words and that is where they use the music for to tell the story or tell the pain that they feel mm -hmm. so for us that we are not musicians the same that you're teaching us how to use that skills to be able to express our feelings in, in challenging ways. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. And it doesn't have to be the next, you know, hit song. No. It's just to get that message out. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that's what, we, what we're aiming to do. I mean, I grew up as a musician. And I was always comf comfortable playing in front of people and singing in front. When I wrote my first song and uploaded this on YouTube, it was terrifying for me to share this with the world so but it's, it was also momentous for me because i can do it i can do it i i'm 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 able to write a song and what we're doing is in a very compressed time frame 
in a couple of hours, two hours, one hour, half day, you know, whatever, whatever is, is, is the context, teach teams and leaders and business owners and entrepreneurs to express their story in a song, create lyrics and create some simple melodies. And at the end of this, of this program, perform it for us. And this has such often such a really like healing, it's really momentous <laughs> healing. Yes. Healing element. If, 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 if you understand, Oh, wow, I might not know how to play an instrument, but I can create a song and express myself. And that's very powerful. And this was keeps me going. And, and you know, this is the driving force why I'm, why I'm doing this. And, and even if all of us are not professional musicians, somehow we, by, by, by our voice, I mean, I'm not going to try it, but of course I can sing in, in the shower. We, we do have some sound that is us. So no matter how it sounds to other people, I think that is why I always say I want to sing like Celine Dion. I think the thing of standing on stage and getting it out, you know, just like pushing it out from your, your, your body and even like chanting in, in yoga, it's, mm -hmm. it's like or people are angry they say scream it out it, it, yep. it it's so much powerful and, mm -hmm. and when listening to it also we get an understanding oh yeah and on your website you describe nine reasons why music creation is great for teams you want to walk through your philosophy sure yeah uh, just one thought also too that with, with singing people and singing voice like really we can all forget this concept that we need to be trained singers. No one, no one cares. It's really about what we have to say. What is the story we, we, we tell others? And then people will listen. I mean, without being, you know, like mean here, but Bob Dylan is a Nobel Prize winner in, in literature. He has beautiful lyrics. He's not the greatest singer in the world from a technical standpoint. Who cares? His songs and the way he sings it is beautiful. Leonard Cohen, beautiful songs. He is not the he's not operatic or like the classical singer. He's not a Frank Sinatra. Who cares? If that comes from the heart, and if we have some basics, obviously, that don't distract us from, from the message, that is all we need. And then everyone, Eminem, well, is he a great singer? He's a great performer. He's a great rapper. And that was important. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, so, um, um, and, and also um, to answer your, 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 your question with, with, with reasons why should we use music. Um, on, the, um, on the website on soundleadership.com, I, I collected some thoughts of, on, on research. What does actually research say? It was not me saying this, but why is music a good thing to to do and to pursue because it really helps us being better team players it's one one topic and it comes from the fact that if we learn music from a young age we need to listen to others if we play in any band if we play in an orchestra youth orchestra we need to be able to listen and react to others it's not about me being right all the time it's about how does it connect with with the with the bigger group am i am i am i early when I, when I start singing after the guitar has their solo, it's not the guitar's problem if they're too late. It's my problem if I don't listen as a singer, if I sing into their beautiful line. And it's also about having coming up with better ideas. So 
it's it's also research research shows actually that uh, team players come up with more and actually with quality better ideas um, if we, people have some background in music. So it really, if if you learn to play music in some capacity, it is really helpful. It also shows, I mean, there's so many other factors to, to, to highlight one or two more. Brain functioning is actually better for musicians. We rely less on our memory, but we're better at experimenting and coming up with creative ideas. And it also has to do with practicing and with being able to um, to actually, you know, improvise, improvise quickly in a fast time, even if, if we play in a band or if we play um, just by ourselves. It is a good factor. In addition, uh, some research shows that it actually music reduces stress. Not a big surprise here, but it actually reduces the cortisol levels in our brain that are responsible that are responsible for stress. And also something that we should not underestimate, it helps us with our agility. Mm. Playing music, imagine you practice guitar. You need to be very quick with your fingers. Playing the piano, obviously. Playing the organ, I always admire. My mom plays the organ. So she needs to use both hands and both feet. And she's the organist in our church um, in Austria. So she also sings at the same time. So you have like analytical skills. You need to read the music. You need to like coordinate your feet. You need to sing. You need to produce like a, a tone that is clear. So you have a lot of a lot of things going on at the same time. So if you're trained to do this through music, that really helps us being quick, quick on your feet and being a good good team player. And the biggest study of all is that musicians are generally it's important to become a better leader because for 60% of CEOs worldwide, this was like a big study by IBM. They show that for CEOs, creativity is the most important leadership skill. Mm. It's such a underappreciated still skill to, to have and what better, you know, tool to learn this and to develop the skills than, than music itself. Wow. And, and, and listening to you, you mentioned about music and stress and mm -hmm. looking at our society today, uh, oh, yeah. a lot of companies and humans are going through a rough time now because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. What would you say the role of music is now during the crisis? How important is music in the new now? And what mm -hmm. do you bring to your clients uh, going forward? Mm -hmm. I, I work, so I have a lot of colleagues who are coaches in, in, this pro, in this organization, Marshall Goldsmith 100 Coaches. I'm like in weekly, daily contact with some of the leading coaches in the world. And what I hear all the time is that it's so difficult for their clients because everyone is remote. They feel a lack of connection. They feel a lack of sometimes, you know, meaning. And the thing and, and other elements to come after that, if, you, if it's difficult for you to find meaning or if you don't have connection, motivation is very difficult to, to keep up. If you're sitting at home for months and months and months, and now we have more lockdowns, it's very difficult. Inspiration is very difficult. So this actual connection with other humans on a very human level to create something together this is actually very much lacking we don't have any concerts we can go to everything is closed this takes a big toll on on us and we see this in stress levels rising and and 
and people can have mental mental health problems even more than before. So music is experiencing music, listening to music together, singing together one song, mm. creating something together, like having some drum session, whatever it is, this is not really productive, but it is healing in some way. So have the, what I would, so I see this from my, my, my colleagues who works in with thousands of people, of myself and with my own clients, this is also like the, a big source of, of kind of stagnation that it's just very, if you feel disconnected. And so the music in any shape, way or form, like creating a song together through Zoom, what's, what, what's my specialty, for example, um, but also through so many other means that we can achieve meaning. And even if it's to alleviate pain or stress or loneliness in the short term. Wow. And, and you help brands figure out what song title uh, their brand is. So I'm asking you now, so what song title is Johannes as a person? And what <laughs> song title is Sound Leadership? It's a great, great question. Um, so, I mean, for, for Sound Leadership, I need to go like on a meta level. It needs to be a song about songs. And I can think of... Um, um, actually the Elton Sean song, your song, um, right, right. So it's really about us writing a simple song. It might not be perfect. It might not be the best song, but it's my song that I write for you and take it. And I hope like that you as the other person have a little bit of a better day, a little bit of a better life through that song, because this one song is really for you, for you as a client, for you as my friend, for you as my partner, wow. and it comes from the heart. So this is what really reflects the philosophy of, of, of really of, of sound leadership of the company. For me personally, um, it's really um, a, a song that's called uh, What Are You Doing the Rest of Your Life? It's a Mich <laughs> Michel Legrand song, and it kind of it accompanies me through all important days of my life I played this at my own wedding and whenever I listen to this it's really wow I can now create the rest of my life from now on what are you doing the rest of your life summer winter spring um, yeah and fall and and east and west and north and south of your life it's such a beautiful sentimental uplifting melancholic positive longing song and always asking what's next Oh, so I can highly recommend that one. <laughs> so beautiful. And continue with yourself and, and sound. I'm interested to know three sounds that has positive emotional effect and memory for you and three sounds that have the opposite. And to me, for me personally, mm -hmm. um, positive sounds is definitely, well, Sounds is definitely um, when I hear the um, <laughs> coffee cups like clinging, um, and when I hear like the sound of a of knife and 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 a fork and someone putting a cake on on a plate, and this sound when I'm somewhere and I know there are people laughing and sitting at the coffee table, and that that's actually has very very positive connotations to me. Um, a negative sound is for me. Um, Sometimes 
I feel a little stressed out when I hear lo loud sounds from a car with loudspeakers late night or from a, from a motorbike. If it's super tuned up, pimped up, and it's really loud, and I, it, it really gives me heart palpitations, and, and it's very stressful to me. And the only thing I can think of, for example, when someone starts, stays at the streetlight and roars away with that loud sound, this one person affects thousands of people on that day. And not always in a positive way. It's very stressful. It's very loud. It's 11 p.m. You and all of a sudden it's loud. Um, another stressful sound. I once lived in a in an apartment. It was in Switzerland, and below me there was a was a gym. And on Saturday nine in the morning, or eight thirty in the morning, and I was still you know sleeping, they started dancing and to some rhythms, to some actually nice rhythms, some Latin rhythms. But when I started hearing those rhythms, I already felt, oh my God, oh my God, now they're dancing for one hour and I want to be in peace here. <laughs> so that's very stressful to me. And yeah, I have a lot of stress, stressful sounds. I'm a little bit, um, yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sometimes stressed, can't be stressed out by sounds. <laughs> and sometimes I also prefer if it's silent, mm -hmm. if, there's, if there's nothing going on. With, with negative sounds, there are obviously a lot. Um, also, some pieces of music that remind me of sad events. So that, like, there's a beautiful Cole Porter song, but I heard it actually half an hour before before I got noticed that someone someone I really loved died. So, and this will for always always now be this, you know, this element to this song whenever I listen to it. And it's it's okay, but it's. It is, it is very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, because as we get, I mean, I will summarize everything and say that it hits our memories. Mm -hmm. And when it evokes it, it, it brings mm -hmm. it out. And that's mm -hmm. how powerful uh, music is and, and audio overall. And that brands mm -hmm. can use that to tap into our mm -hmm. memories and then mm -hmm. re-evoke it whenever they want us to react. Mm -hmm. Sounds like we're manipulating, but it, it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. And I, I mentioned in the introduction that you are on the list of Marshall Goldsmith 100 coaches. What does that mean and how did you get on the list? Um, so Marshall Goldsmith is, is an amazing executive coach, one of the leading coaches in the world for, for decades. And around two years ago, he created, he wanted to give away his knowledge and share his knowledge and everything, you know, he gathered and in and, and, and knowledge and wisdom and give it on to a group of, of other people so they can pass it on. Um, and I was very lucky to uh, have been nominated to this, to this group by someone in the group. And it's just a group of like, unique people in in the way some of the leading coaches in in their field for communication for resilience for how to you know empower women like from from all you know facets and backgrounds of life and being in this in this group with such a community of of inspiring people is just it's just a beautiful gift that i really treasure because it allows it allows us to safely really share who we are what we are working on, what we are going, what we are going through sometimes, especially in this pandemic, and what what we aim to do, and it's really like a beautiful way of of not just ex exchanging knowledge, but really getting to know people closely and and 
for me, it's also really getting inspired by what some people are really doing. It's sometimes incredible when, when I look at, look at uh, some of my colleagues and the work they're producing. It's such an inspiration to, you know, to go my own way and to, with, with what, what I can contribute to others, to society, not just to leaders, but to, to society in, in some way through music. And it's just, it's just, it's just a, a great community that I'm very, very, very grateful to be part of. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, and I'm so happy to have you a part of my podcast, but you have also launched your own podcast, Compose mm -hmm. Your Life. So mm -hmm. tell us about what is it you want to teach uh, the listeners? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, so Compose Your Life is a podcast I started recently. It's about people who are in the interse intersection of music, creativity, and leadership. So I want to have our audience experience some of the best of the best minds when it comes to music, when it comes to leadership, how they think, how they how they move on, how they, you know, share their knowledge, how they make the world a little bit more of a creative place, a more musical place, a world with a little bit of better leaders through the power of music. And I'm very grateful to to have amazing guests. So you can always check it out on, on the website sound leadership.com beautiful I'm, I'm super happy to to you know that we all go together to to array you know to show the importance of uh, of music in, in 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 our daily lives but it also in branding so thank you very much johannes it's been so much fun and i can feel your energy and your <laughs> voice i can keep listening to it uh, and for the audiences, if they want to know more about sound leadership and how can they get in contact with you? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Jasmine, for having me. It's such a pleasure talking with you <laughs> for this hour on, on everything music. I think we have so much, so much in common. So it's so great to talk, to talk with you. And if anyone wants to know more about sound leadership, just go on the website sound-leadership.com or just find me on LinkedIn and, and, and send me a text and I'm happy to talk. Thank you so much Thank you for very having much. me. Would you like to play like an ending song for us? Um, sure. Um, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> How are you feeling now after this podcast? What are you doing the rest of your life? North and south and east and west of your life I have only one request of your life That you spend it all with me All the seasons and the times of your day All the nickels and the dimes of your day let the reasons and the rhymes of your days all begin and end with me. I want to see your face in every kind of love, in fields of dawn and forests of the light. And when I stand before the candles on a cake, Oh, let me be the one to hear the silent wish you make. 
part oh. of what are you doing the rest of your life? That warmed my heart so much and it really made us connected with the music. Thank you very much. Well, that's all for today's episode of The Power of Audio, Science and AI. I'm Jasmine Moradi and thank you very much for listening. If you like this podcast and want to follow my journey towards discovering the secrets behind the power of audio, science and AI, then make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing on my website jasminemoradi.com or Spotify, iTunes or Google Play. I'm working towards increasing the value of music so that artists receive the fair share of the economic value they create in our society. So make sure to spread these words to your fellow brand leaders and business network via your social media. Stay tuned for our next episode where I will speak to my friend and ex-boss Ola Sars, CEO and co-founder of Soundtrack Your Brand. We will discuss around music licensing, why music is still undervalued as an art form and how to get million entrepreneurs to pay correctly for the music they use in their stores. This episode is supported by Stockholm Music City, recorded at the pub booth at the co-working space The Park in Stockholm and music by Skirt.